following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, To the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap, a.k.a. my monthly reason to shave and trim my beard. I am your host, Adam Dowd, and with me, as always, is Clifton M. Thomas. Cliff, how are you doing this lovely evening? <coughs> <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> Actually, I'm feeling pretty well. I just had uh, some, some greasy fast food, which... I feel, make my- I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. <laughs> and I'm a little hopped up on some caffeine, thanks to a uh, mm. large McDonald's Diet Coke. Only one dollar. Yes. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but they should be. So, yeah, for me, McDonald's Coke is, uh, we were talking about this off the air, but uh, my McDonald's Coke is like a migraine cure for me. Like a McDonald's Coke and like, Bread from Subway, not a sandwich from Subway, but just like a, a roll, and like that'll get rid of a hangover or a migraine or anything that you need. And we are in a lovely, lovely time right now because it is forty degrees outside. And can I just tell you? I mean, I don't know about you. You're you're not you're not in Chicago, but I am so sick of snow at this pro- point. I just want it to all die in fire. And the fact that it's going to be like above freezing all week this week is just amazing to me because it's like we're almost there. We're almost. I mean, after that, we still can't go anywhere because of COVID. But still, um, <laughs> we're we're almost there. Might be able to um, uh, to do your camera samples for your uh, S twenty one Ultra review, right? Yeah, I know that was. I was just like, you know, and like I said this during the podcast, I'm like, yeah, if you want to know how good the white balance is, I can really do that. I can do the hell out of that right now. But like, yeah, it's, oh, it's been, um, it's take been a picture a mu- of a tree. It's white. Take a picture of a building. It's white. Take a picture of a car. What's it's your white. Histogram yeah. look? What's your histogram look? Oh, it's all white. Just the entire thing. Right. There's no like up and down. It's just all up there in the, uh, it, it's like, it's like a Republican chamber of commerce. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, actually, uh. Yeah, we've had, uh, for us, not a ton of snow, but it's been a ton of, like, uh, the mixed stuff. But actually, I would rather have, like, you know, six, eight inches oh, of yeah. snow than, like, the three inches of snow with also sleet and power outages. And then it freezes yeah. the next night. And, yeah, it's see, just, mm. See, last year, at least in Chicago, we had, like, a, basically a snowless winter. Like, it would snow. And then the next day it would be 40 and raining. And then it would snow again. And then the next day it would be 40 and raining. So it's like it would be all gone like mm-hmm. within a day. I used my snowblower exactly once last year. <laughs> I've used my snowblower more this week than I did all of last year. <laughs> so it's like, oh, God, I'm so I'm just I'm sick of it. I just want it to go away so that I can go out and ride my bike again. And, you know, it is just it, yeah. it, it is conducive to the if you guys didn't hear earlier, Adam was saying that he has a headache and it, this kind of weather where it's just, it's cold. Like as an example, this week, this time last, there was at least one day last week where the low was nine and tomorrow it's supposed to be a high of 66. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Well, and you know, someone, uh, someone sent me a, a Twitter message. Um, Victor, I, I, I can never can pronounce his last name, but uh, they they sent me this. Uh, he sent me this thing like somewhere where it's going to be like it's going from negative two to seventy four in the span of a week. Um, I don't know DFW. I don't know. I don't know what DFW uh, is. What Dallas. DFW is. Oh, is that Dallas? Dallas okay. Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it so, does actually. What do you um, think about it? Yeah. Ooh. And you know what? Pour one out for Texas. Definitely. So, because they are having a rough time down there. Although. You know, it's like I and and I mentioned this during the podcast last week, but like a lot of what's going on in Texas is kind of their fault. So uh, because their like power grid is an independent power grid, so they're not tied into the national power grid. So and then like, I, you know, a lot of the things that they try to do and I don't want to point blank, you know, I don't want to point fingers. And I, I, I very made that very explicitly clear on the podcast. Like, I don't want to say it's their fault, but you made some decisions that kind of left you vulnerable it's, to it sounded like just like just this. things that were precautionary measures because you don't expect them to have things like 
like like the stuff to main to maintain the road, but just stuff like uh, heating sure. heaters on your uh, wind turbines, and you know the things that m- most power infrastructure has. So can I just yeah. can I just tell you how hard it is to make a ten year old explain uh, understand infrastructure. <laughs> Because, like, she's been watching on TikTok, like, all these, you know, Pray for Texas videos. She's like, what's the big deal? It's only, like, an inch of snow. I'm like, yes, but when there's no snowplow within a thousand miles, an inch of snow is kind of a big deal, you know? And so, like, uh, (laughs) oh, good times. So now that we've uh, lost all of our viewers because we've been talking about the weather for the last ten minutes, we should probably talk about the fact that it's February and that we've had a month of shows which is kind of how we do things here on the podcast but so like we've done the sony xperia 5 mark 2 review we did electronic vehicles with chris davies which was a fun interview we did um we're doing an interview well okay when you listen to this if you're not listening live we will have done a an interview with refraction ai which was a fun interview by the way um, and finally, we have the Samsung Galaxy S21 review. Other top stories that happened this month, um, Perseverance landing on Mars, which was, I don't know, I don't know about you, but that's like been the bulk of my last week, is just like reading about that and everything that's going on. Did you watch the landing? So did you watch I, the footage? I didn't get a chance to watch it live. It was, and I literally, I, was, I had Twitter open, and I, I, I must have just, because I didn't hear about, I, I think I'd heard that it was going to happen sometime i didn't realize they were going to be broadcasting it live but i really do think i missed the happening by like 10 minutes so ouch they but but the good thing is they they put together a like compilation video of everything with like higher quality because they'd had a chance to get all like Mm -hmm. the higher quality video from perseverance after it oh it's so cool they had 19 they have 19 cameras on that thing and they're all hd they said the perseverance has already sent back um, 30 gigabytes of data. Oh, wow. Um, uh, like, and it's only, it's only been on the planet for like, you know, a week. So it's huh. just crazy that like, it's fun. It's fun. It's like so cool to know that like, and you know, the, one of the things about space and, you know, NASA, but also space is like everything there has taken years to get where we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this wasn't thrown together. This wasn't like thrown together last Tuesday and like, oh, let's just send a pro to Mars. Okay, boom, you know, done. No, this is like, you know, back in like the 90s, they probably were planning out this mission, mm-hmm. like just sketching it out on the back of a cocktail napkin. What's the travel? And Isn't it like three years as far as the... It's... I think it's... Well, okay, so I, I, I've i heard that a manned mission would take 10 months to get oh, there. okay. So now I don't know if like an unmanned mission can go faster or slower uh, I want to say that this, no, this took off, I, I want to say Perseverance took off last July. Okay. So, yeah, so it's it's been about, you know, about eight, eight months. months. I don't yeah. know, math, mm-hmm. is, math is failing me right now, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but, you know, and just the fact that, like, you know, it had to hit the atmosphere and, like, use the heat shield, eject the heat shield, mm-hmm. use a parachute, you know, eject the bottom part mm-hmm. and then drop down with this with this thruster rig, the and then crane. it would have to be lowered. Yeah, the air cranes uh, lowering it down to the like that all had to happen automatically mm-hmm. and like with little human inter- inter- with no human intervention, which honestly was probably made it easier. Uh, but um, well, just you know, think, what are the odds of, of something going wrong? I mean, I don't care how many times they've simulated it and then tested it. You know. Uh, you know, oh, out yeah. in the desert somewhere. There's, I, there's... I read some. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say there are differences that that they just can't account or things that they can't account for, even if they've done how many unmanned missions now to Mars. Oh yeah. Well, I've read quite a few. I read that like they have like a 40 percent failure rate or something like that, really? sending probes to Mars or something like that. Yeah, it's fairly high. Like I want to say it was like it was not an insignificant number. Mm-hmm. So. 
like of just, you know, crashes or whatever. And, you know, the really cool part is, you know, Perseverance is going to be, you know, drilling out core samples and then leaving them behind for another mission to come and pick those up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is how far forward thinking is. Do you want to know what what podcast I'm doing on March 21st? (laughs) Do you want to know what I have queued up? No clue. Not (laughs) enough. I have no idea what I'm going to do on March 21st. And yet here we are. Like well, NASA's been working on this thing for like seven years. If you had years. the budget of JPL, you might have a few more podcasts in the can just sitting out there. Probably true. <laughs> Probably true. But uh, anyway, that being said, we have had an incredible month. And we started off that month by talking to Chris Davies about electric vehicles. And he is like a font of knowledge when it comes to like cars in general, you know, but just electric vehicles. Um, you know, specifically is what I wanted to talk to him about. And he seemed like, like of all the people that I knew, he seemed like the guy to talk about that. And I'm I'm really glad I did sit down with him because um, he's hilarious and he's super smart. And like, like most of the, most of the, most of the funny bombs that he was dropping, I was not picking them up like during the interview. I was like in the heat of battle. Like I wasn't, but like going back to edit this thing later, I was laughing my butt off. That's that's subtle British humor. It is. And it is, but it's delightful. (laughs) And, uh, but like, so, you know, we were talking about Tesla and, you know, the other electric vehicle manufacturers, like, you know, Tesla is like the Kleenex of electric vehicles at this it point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's like Volvo and Ford that we that we talked about, just like all these different manufacturers. And one 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 thing that he brought up uh, was about like Volvo really making a strong push into electric vehicles due in no small part to the diesel conspiracy that they got caught up in. Uh, what was it about 20 years ago? I think it was like right around. Uh, Year two thousand, I thought. You're more of a car guy than I well, am, so you're been, probably there's been more a familiar. Few, right? So uh Volkswagen was the one I'm most familiar with. But yeah, there I think Oh, um, you know what? That's probably what I was thinking of too. But that was that was <laughs> around like uh twenty fourteen ish, something like oh, that. Oh, was it that recent? Mm-hmm. Was it that recent? Okay. I could okay. be wrong, but so, I, I know it was in the, the last the, the previous decade. Um Okay. Well, you know what it, it is it's interesting because um, you know, obviously, if you're talking about Volvo, yeah, the Polestar is actually their their sub brand, uh, which which is the their electric car. Um, they're just they're doing a lot of interesting things, like Volvo as well as Polestar. They're doing the whole like um, subscription based car thing. I don't know if they're still doing it because I know they've had some issues with it. But just the, I've seen some ads. Yeah, yeah. So subscription stuff. There, uh, Polestar has I think now a couple of different electric vehicles. Um, and if you look at Norway, like Norway, I, th- I know they're trying to be completely electric by like 2030. So I'm sure Sweden's, I want to say the EU's doing yeah, that. Yeah, EU too, in general is 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 making a big a big push for that. Now, what I think um, that Norway, anyways, and, and probably I'm sure because of that, some of the other Scandinavian states are they're like one of their larger markets as far as sp- specifically mm. Tesla. Um, but yeah, you know, I was going to say though, what's so interesting to me. And you probably found this out if you if you were like doing your research before talking to Chris. There there's like your Tesla, like you said, like the Kleenex, right? And then there's the stuff that uh, Ford's coming out right now with their the Mustang Mach E, I think is what the it's Mach called. Mach E, yep. Yeah, and then GM just did a whole new thing with their a rebrand, and uh, they have that uh, new platform that's basically like a skateboard that they can put a whole bunch of things on top of, right? Um, there's uh, an Israeli startup called Re that's doing the same thing. Yes. And actually, I've been meaning to reach out to them to see if they wanted to have a chat right. on this podcast. So you, you've got those, right? So, so you've got the major brands that are making shifts. And then there are, there are all these mm-hmm. smaller like sub-brands that are, that are startups, um, some of which like the major car manufacturers. I think GM has really invested, in, invested into Rivian, which is uh, primarily based Rivian. on making trucks. Yeah. Um, but there's a yep. ton of them that you just wonder if they're vaporware, like – I, I can't even, and I won't go into all the different <laughs> brands, but it's it's just really interesting how I, I I've just been thinking about this a lot, like I said, and I it, I just wonder how how much farther back we would be if it weren't for the success of Tesla, because I think they they showed that <clears throat> not that they just be, that that you can make an electric car that um, is profitable, but that they made them I, I guess you could call cool like geek chic. 
And then maybe you went yeah. a little bit beyond that and, and made them desirable. Like, you know, and also now they have made them relatively affordable with the Model 3. So it's just, yeah. it's interesting. I would just wonder how much they've moved the industry forward in total. Well, and I, I think it's actually, it's actually kind of like a symbiotic relationship uh, because, you know, you've got Tesla, which is, you know, kind of pushing everybody forward with the supercharging network and, you know, with, like you said, making them aspirational devices mm-hmm. and lifestyle devices. But also at the same time, and we, we touched upon this with Chris, on the other side, all these other manufacturers that are now developing EVs are adding a ton of legitimacy to Tesla. So they're it's like it's basically like right. one of those um on me barose like, right. like snake eating its tail type thing. <laughs> That's so like true. you know they're 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 all you know adding credibility to each other and I think you know Tesla is arguably leading the charge but I also have to wonder and I I believe I asked this of um of uh Chris, Chris um what is is that going to be a problem for Tesla? Is now that the, all these other manufacturers are throwing in on this on this pool, like you know, Tesla was you know the big fish in the small pond. Well, that pond is becoming a very a very much bigger. So, how big is Tesla going to be in this excessively larger, much larger pond? And so, you know, it it remains to be seen. But I mean, I think as EVs catch on, and you know, as you know, more and more. As our dependency on oil becomes less and less, you know, and becomes more and more of an issue, then I think that um, I think that I think Tesla is just going to be along for the ride, along with everybody else. But it'll be great because then then we'll have options. It, it, it is really nice to have options. Um, it, and and the thing is, when you when you have more availability of competition, that's good competition. That it also tends to um, bring the prices down. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which, because right now one of the things that brings the the prices down of electric vehicles is is the government uh, tax credit that uh, subsidies, uh, yeah. yeah, the subsidies that they can claim. I think it's like seventy five hundred bucks for the se- first seven years of a model's I, life, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's still around, but yeah, something like that. You know, there have been subsidies, mm-hmm. and there are more subsidies. Uh, yeah, the like one thing this. that I I thought was so in- there's a great, and because I, I know you probably don't want to spend. A, a ton of more time on this, but there is a great video um, of there's a guy that's uh, is more of an industry insider guy who does safety testing uh, and also, and, and also does like um, what do they call it? Like, I don't want to call it. Uh, what is it? What is it called? When you take apart something to try to figure out how to like re to how they engineer reverse it, engineering. like reverse engineered it, but he, but he works for a, yep. an independent company that does that. So he, one of the things I remember him talking about was number one. This is before I, I heard the the interview that he did because he interviewed uh, Elon Musk and it was just really interesting. Uh, but how he said that Tesla right now has like a, a three year um, advantage in terms of uh, how how far they are of the industry in terms of their technology because everything they made that they've yeah. made is so modular that it's made it like much easier to repair and their material science is crazy. Uh, but I'll just say if you get a chance, listeners. Um, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but just go out there and search for like uh, that e- would help Elon Musk interview <laughs> because um, one of the things I'll that tell he you was- what you you search for it link in the show notes. How sure. about that? So okay, um, but yeah, so but definitely, and I think that would be I think that would be um, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm interested in watching that too. Well, he was I talking specifically be- about how well well Elon Musk was candid about making mistakes, and it's rare that you see a CEO. Like actually, like, but then again, not just, it not is just Elon do, Musk, not just so. PR speak. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a really you're gonna get that anytime you get Elon Musk to say anything. He's gonna th- he's gonna you know talk first, think later. Is he, not unlike other certain politicians that we've had <laughs> in the recent past. But uh, I, and I love Elon Musk for that because you know he is very candid, he's very frank, and you know he doesn't always think things through. <laughs> and as a reporter, that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> For me, it but, is. Um, it's definitely good TV. <laughs> so um, let's transition on over into the Sony Xperia Five Mark II review that I had that I published earlier this month. I had to publish earlier this month because um, my review period ran out, and Sony is pretty hardcore about that. So um, I would have liked to have held on to the Xperia Five. 
long enough to do like a good camera test on it because, you know, and look, I will own the fact that the that I didn't do good camera tests for the Xperia 5 and for the Samsung due at least partially to laziness slash busyness, whatever you want to call it. Like, could I have gone out and found really colorful things to take pictures of or kids running around to take pictures of? Sure, I probably could have. But honestly, at the same time, it's like, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I, I, I just... Man, it, it's been such a crappy couple of months. I just didn't want to do. I just didn't want to go out and do it. But anyway, so for the and you know for the Sony Xperia Five Mark II, it wouldn't have mattered because the baller camera performance that you're going to get from that is going to come almost a hundred percent from the manual camera controls, which I don't really know how to use anyway. So it's like, no, it's not like I don't know how to use them. I think I put myself in the category of knowing enough to be dangerous air quotes, but like, you know, I know what all these different things do. I just don't know what combination to put them in in order to get a good photo out of them, you know? And like, I've talked to, people that are, you know, I've talked to photographers, I've talked to videographers, you know, Lord knows, you know, 70% of my friends all make videos for a living. So it's like, you know, it's not like I don't have the opportunity to talk about this stuff, but it's just like, I can't wrap my mind around it enough to make good things happen with manual controls. Like, to a certain extent, I can, especially product photography. You know, as long as I have a subject that is sitting there, for 30 minutes, not doing anything, I, I can make a picture look pretty good. And even if I can't, I can edit it and post later. But, like, as for, like, you know, catching a picture of, you know, my daughter doing a, 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 a somersault, I'm never going to get that with manual controls. Yeah, that, that's the thing, too. So, I mean, the other side of this is that, I mean, there, there's... a a bevy of people out there that, that can do the, that can use the manual controls um, when, uh, Oh yeah. But, but is that how most people use the phone? Now I would say that no more people are going to use those that buy that phone, that specific phone, just yes. because it is yes. that niche. However, yes, I don't think that I would be using other than maybe if I just took on the challenge to learn how to use it. Cause I've, I've forgot more than I ever knew about, you know, stopping it and adjusting the ISO and, and finding the bracketing and stuff like that. Like, it's just. Yeah. I'm, I'm an auto guy. And I, basically what it boils down to is I'm, I'm an auto and guy. And if you're taking like and, pictures of your daughter, like you said, do you really have time to sit there and, and worry about, uh, you know, whether you got the, the, the ISO on high enough in order to capture something in low light when she's doing flips. Yeah. And, or, you know, the aperture wide right. enough or, mm-hmm. you know, or small enough. And by the way, that's those are reverse numbers. So you got to go up, not, down, not up. It, yeah. So it's like, yeah, getting all that, getting it all dialed in, you know, it's probably possible to do, but it's just not it's it's not. Honestly, it's not what my listeners come to listen to me for. <laughs> so there are hundreds of other people, Juan Bagnell, Michael Fisher, um, you Man. know, Hayato Huseman. They can all do wonderful things with those cameras. That's not why you're here. And so and I love you. The, I love the fact that you are here, but that's not why <laughs> you don't come to me for camera advice. So and then, you know, that's 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 legit. So I was able to do the review based on what I was able to test minus a decent, you know, camera, like uh, even, you know, even on auto, I wasn't able to do a whole lot of photo analysis, you know, but the photos I did take were pretty good. It's just, you know, when the lights went, when the lights went down, there were some issues there. So, and again, that's, that's, that's not uncommon, you know, with, not with Sony specifically, what drives me nuts just very quickly is, is that Sony for his, I mean, they, they provide, most of the sensors still, I think, for higher-end flagships, uh, smartphones. Yeah, they do. Yet they still don't seem to have the uh, on the software side the um, the the chops. the chops to do what like uh, a Samsung or a Google or an Apple, an Apple. does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. just drives me nuts. I don't. Well, and also, like, when you consider that the Xperia, you know, 1 and the Xperia 5, this is the first time that Sony's actually used their own high-end sensors. Like, you know, they they send out their sensors to all the other folks, but, you know, they were they were sticking with the same sensors 
on their own, which were fairly aged from what mm-hmm. I recall. And it's like, you know, you know how they say never trust a skinny chef? You know, <laughs> if you're going to be shipping all your high-end <laughs> lenses out to, you know, Samsung and I didn't Apple use Sony sensors for the longest time? I wouldn't be surprised if they still are. Um, yeah, right? And so, like, you know, you're sending out all these high-end sensors to all these other folks, but you're not using them yourself. That's just kind of weird. Now, the Xperia line... The new Xperia line, I should say, solved, you know, fixed that, um, you know, especially with like the the one Mark II and whatnot. And, you know, the the other reason why I felt OK doing a review on the Sony Xperia 5 was because Sony did put an emphasis on gaming for that particular phone. So I was able to evaluate it from that standpoint, at least. But, you know, one thing that I have learned in the last couple of months is I really need to beef up on my uh, my performance testing because like you know you can play some games you know you can run some benchmarks but like I, I need to I've been watching a bunch of other folks doing videos and it's like yeah I should probably steal that you know <laughs> so um, so more performance testing analysis is coming um, folks so that'll be that'll be a good thing when it when it does come but uh, but yeah so Moving on, we should probably talk about the big potato in the room, uh, which is the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. Ultra, Ultra. Ultra. So I'm holding it up right now, and here it is. In one of your suite of cases that you have. Yeah, yeah, I I do. Case makers are not shy. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Um so, uh, yeah, this is one of the Incipio cases. So, shout out to Incipio. Thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, so the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra is just, you know, it's it's one of those phones that is just, you know, the best of everything. Like, and, and it's one of those phones that just doesn't really compromise on anything except for, you know, Your the wallet? minor, well... <laughs> Yeah, well, not even that, though. Like, you know, Samsung dropped the price by $200 on that, and actually they dropped it again. You know, the the Galaxy Ultra was going for like $1,000 on Amazon up until recently. Hmm. I think it actually jumped back up to $1,200 not too long ago. Oh, no, actually, it's still $1,000 on Amazon. Link in the show notes. The S21 Ultra? Um, The S21 Ultra 5G. Now... And and also, I think Samsung has a number of different like trade-in promotions, which you're not going to get from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, actually, uh, now I'm curious how much is the Galaxy Ultra on the S21 Ultra on Samsung.com? They have the price 11.99 crossed out, which is down to 4.74 with you know trade-in, that's, and that's and probably whatever. like a Note 20 Ultra trade-in. Yeah, something. Well, I mean, you know, or 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 an S twenty mobile uh, ultra. T Mobile did lose their mind. <laughs> so, um, okay, all right. So f- with without a trade in, the price is eleven thirty nine ninety nine. Hmm. So I guess they knocked sixty bucks off the price. That must be with the uh, with the uh, student discount checked of the top. Oh, that's possible. So trade I haven't been phone, perusing the only- their site at all. <laughs> The the only options that you can pick for a uh, trade in is um, you can get four three hundred fifty bucks off for a Pixel Four XL. Uh, let me see for Apple, um, you can get seven hundred dollars off for a Twelve Pro. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, or five hundred fifty dollars off for an iPhone Eleven. So anyway, that's actually pretty good for an iPhone Eleven. Yeah, iPhone that's no, yeah, six hundred bucks. Is that a straight up iPhone 11? I believe so, yeah. Not a Pro. I, uh iPhone 11 Oh wait, now it says now it says 400. Oh. What the hell? Still, <laughs> I mean, a 400 bucks is probably what you would be getting if you were to say sell your iPhone 11 on like Swappa or something. Or right to Apple, yeah. Yeah, or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Anyway, so you can get a trade in and blah blah blah. So, all right, I'm going to close that out. So, no, I mean, I've already told this story a hundred times. Shopping on the radio, it's it's great, right? So, T-Mobile, you know, had the eight hundred dollar 
$800 trade-in for the Pixel 4a for some damn reason. And um, yeah, I took I took advantage of that, and so which is why I was able to do this mm-hmm. one. Now, this phone and the iPhone 12 Pro are going to go head-to-head in a photo shoot, uh, showdown um, later on this year, probably end of March, early April, something like that. So um, we'll be able to do a lot more photo analysis for both of those phones because you know remember you remember with the iPhone I, I had John Rettinger on and we were talking about mm-hmm. it so we didn't really do a formal review air quotes so I will be doing at least a photo analysis uh, down the road and that should be fun you know and speaking of photo analysis I hate to kind of shift away from this so very quickly but we are actually 31 minutes into the podcast anyway um you had some photo fun earlier today how did that go can you tell us a little bit about what happened oh oh, oh. <laughs> like what you did fun. yeah i've been sitting at a yeah. desk all day oh yes so uh <clears throat> benefit of the doubt was given the opportunity to participate in a webinar uh for uh the company rico uh rico trying to think it's it's their what's it's their optics uh portion of their company which makes um i think they actually have this the pentax remember they used to make slrs under their own brand but okay they own them and they got that's it, it's funny rico is one of those companies that you might not have heard of but they make a ton of different things like they make copiers and yeah. but it, you, you might not have heard of them but you've used y- them yeah probably. exactly um yeah. they're a they're, they're a huge company um yeah. But uh, so they specifically have uh, a line of 360 uh, degree de- like dedicated cameras. Um, yeah. That they I think they've been around since like uh, 2015, and uh, s- from what I understand, they're they're the best when it comes to still images. And so they invited us to a webinar, and I was able to participate in it. And they had a guy um, that have you got if you have you heard of um, Tiny tiny world or tiny yeah 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 those yeah. those shots that are specific where oh tiny globe i think is what they're or, anyway yeah sounds like something like right that, yeah. so uh, yeah it was really interesting uh so it was it was about an hour long and he walked through um so kind of tips was, and uh, tips and tricks this was ben claremont, ben claremont from yes. rico from Rico Theta. So so was, he is uh, an independent creator uh, a professional photographer and got into uh, 360 oh, okay. degree photography when it first came out, and um, he may or may not be sponsored by Rico. I he, what was nice is that he was able to talk about the product honestly. Uh, okay, it gave us uh, those of us that were watching tips and tricks. Um, was able to answer some questions that were like me specific. In fact, I actually was able to answer some questions. This was done over Zoom with uh, like a chat room and a moderator oh, from cool. uh, okay. the the PR company, but. Uh, yeah, so it was really interesting to learn just how he like he does most of his editing, especially for social media, just on his phone, uh, hmm. because I guess that you can offload your your images from the Rico camera just like you would like a GoPro onto your phone and then edit it on there and then post it directly to social media, which is really interesting. Um, oh, but cool. they, Rico okay. actually makes um, a, new, uh, a line of products that go from about three hundred and fifty dollars all the way up to a thousand dollars, with the thousand dollar one more focused on. Um, uh, which which has become actually this marketed towards people who do like uh, real estate walkthroughs with like 360 yeah, yeah, degrees, yeah. which I hadn't really thought about it, but it has become apparently really huge uh, because oh, people yeah. can't go anywhere. Um, oh, okay. So, well, yeah, even for, for that reason as well. Right, right. Yeah, so there was a whole like separate COVID discussion in it. Uh, yeah, it was really informative and... Uh, they are supposed to be sending us a uh, demonstration unit, and I'm really excited to um, to get to use one. I don't know which one I'll um, be, uh, you know, receiving from them. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have to order myself a. Uh... So one of the things I, I had never really thought about is okay, so you're you're shooting these handheld, and and, and form factor wise, they're kind of like a. Do you remember the old uh, dedicated video cameras that they kind of almost look like an MP3 player or something? I can't remember the brand. They yeah. got bought. Yeah. They got bought um, by Cisco. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I don't know what they were called, but yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, what? You, but that's you talk. But that's what they you look talk, like. I'll look it up. And uh, so flip cameras. What's that? Was flip. That flip yes, cameras. Flip. They look a lot yeah. like a flip camera. Um, but obviously, okay. with uh, in fact, their highest one has a one-inch sensor, which I was really. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. 
Uh, I was impressed by that. that. Yeah. Well, it's a thousand dollars. So, but, uh, right. Yeah, it, it was, um, hmm? yeah. So I was going to say, you know, we got this invitation and I instantly thought of Cliff because he is the artist of the, of the pair of us. So, um, I, I, I just figured, you know, this, you know, this would be something that would be right up Cliff's alley. You know, he's got the, he's got the creative mind that can go out and like, look at something and say, I bet that would look amazing as a 360, you know, degree video. Now, I love photospheres. Don't get me wrong. I have been known to take a few photospheres <laughs> in my day. Um, but at the same time, I don't think I don't know that I have the brain that Cliff does in order to, you know, really find the awesome subjects well, that will really that, take that's the, actually what was use of this. really interesting about this very quickly, just about the, the, the because yeah. he was able to talk about how you really have to have a completely different mindset about how you're taking the image because it is so different from like um, the way you compose a normal, a normal photograph, but it also gives mm-hmm. you a lot more opportunities to be creative because, you know, if, if you're taking a, a photo, whether it's with an SLR or with, or with your smartphone, no matter how creative you are, it's, there's still a lot of other photos that look like that. Right. So um, sure. yeah, I'm excited to get a chance to play with it and uh, who knows, you know, I, I'm going to have to send this one back, but uh, you know, I might end yeah. up getting one for myself. I mean, we're getting, That'd We're getting cool. the, uh, and I think, I think we can do a video out of that, yeah. maybe like a like a like a featured story or something. Definitely, uh, you know, a, a back a back half of the podcast uh, a, a story on that. So you know, again, I don't pay Cliff, so whenever he can get around to it, that'd be great. <laughs> but, he pays me with love. Um, <laughs> I do, I do, I do pay you with a, lots of love. But uh, yeah, so I I'm looking forward to that. And by the way, I looked up Ben Claremont while you were talking, and like. His whole shtick is like, you know, top 10 ways to make money with your 360 degree mm-hmm. camera and virtual tour pro and, you know, stuff like that. So he's he's definitely the guy to talk to about 360. You know what? I wonder if he would be willing to come on. I'll to bet you he would be. In fact, I think he's got content information on on his on his Web page. And 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 if not, I know a PR person that has his contact information. Very so true. that might be uh, that might be. Hey, I just had an idea live on the air. That's great. Hey, guess what? March twenty first, March twenty first. There we go. I think we just think we just solved that problem. Okay, great. Woo! So now now I just have to worry about March twenty eighth. So, um, you know, I just want to say, um, you know, just a total side note. Like my, you know, I I pay for I pay for this podcast. You know, with the podcast makes enough money that we actually are just a teeny tiny bit in the black, but like I pay for my house and everything else with the freelance work that I've been doing. And, you know, we've talked about that a little bit on freelance corner. You know, I do reviews for digital trends and for LifeWire and stuff like that. And like, it's been amazing in like the months of January and February, I've actually made a living wage with my freelance work, which was actually kind of a first. Hmm. Um, Congratulations. So thank you. And so it's like, it's gotten to a point where like, I'm good at the four-day work week. I haven't quite nailed a five-day work week yet. I have one screw-around day where just the day totally gets away from me for whatever reason. Either I sleep late or, like, my kids need extra help with their homework. I'm going to blame my kids now on this. But anyway, um, you know, for whatever reason, I cannot do a full week. Today was my was my lost day. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. do anything today, basically. <laughs> so I'm going to be up until, like, 10 or 11 o'clock tonight just trying to make up for that but um anyway so probably has something to do with the headache as well but um i just wanted a little side note there <laughs> so I, I don't know where that came from but i was wondering i was like this is going somewhere no i'm just kidding <laughs> no it's not it absolutely Good. was not circling back to ben claremont real quickly they just it, yeah you guys should definitely check out his instagram um i don't know what his handle is off the top of my head but um I'm on, his, I'm on his website. I should be able to find it. <laughs> but yeah, if, so if you're interested in seeing some of the work that he does with, it's mostly 360 stuff. And it's it's pretty interesting because, like you said, all the thought that has to go into it. Because he said one of the things that I guess everybody kind of uh, noticed about his stuff is that he is actually part of the subject matter most of the time. He, he considers oh, himself yeah. to be a comedian. And so, huh. you know, he... Nice. Yeah. Or and he does um, you know in a way like he wants the photo to tell a story. So yeah, it was just things you have to think about when you're when you know I I, I try to consider that that stuff when I take a photograph. But 
he was he, he was doing it on a whole nother level. It's just it's interesting. He, Way to think about he things. is Ben Claremont on Instagram. <laughs> so uh, first name, last name, no spaces. C L A R E M O N T. Link in the show notes. So and yeah, he's got some good stuff there. I'm actually kind of scrolling through it here real quick. He's got a photograph of Santa Claus and or a video of Santa Claus. And hey, I've done that. Um, <laughs> but a lot of tiny. Oh wow, he's got some good stuff here. Yeah, man. he's awesome. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta talk to this guy. So, um, cool. Uh, Just keep mining these in Australia, on. so you'll have to time it out that way. Crikey! <laughs> All right. I think he lives in a. <laughs> and don't do that. Tell me to go sheep on the barbie, hey? Eh? <laughs> That's not a knife. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, Zach pa- Zachary Palmer. Nice job, Ted Cruz. Sending <laughs> kids under the bus. <laughs> I heard the thump. Oh, touche, sir. Well played, Zachary Palmer. You get a big, you get big ups from me. In fact, you know what? As long as we're here, um, as long as we're talking about Zachary Palmer, why don't we go ahead and do our patron shoutouts? Yeah. Because we need to do that. Um, so the uh, the patron shoutouts are for folks that are uh, that are donating five dollars or more per month and. You are very much appreciated. Um, and Cliff, I told you this off the air, but you are no longer <laughs> the the highest patron that I have um, because you got peppered. <laughs> so um, we have we have our very first, ladies and gentlemen, big announcement. We have our very first $10 a month patron, Michael Kepper. He's calling the shots from now on because he gets to... Once per month, he gets to choose a story that I have no choice but to cover on the podcast. And it could be something in a news roundup. It could be, you know, like a featured story at the end there. Um, you know, it could be anything. So, like, um, I'm looking forward to see, hearing what Michael has to say because um, he gets to hear what I have to say about it. So that could be so that's going to be cool. So, Michael Kepper, big shout out to you, my brother. Um, Zachary Palmer, big shout out to you because you're here watching us. Cliff Thomas. Big shout out to you because you're here talking to us. And let's go ahead and run down the list. We have Scott Brady. We have Neil Wilson. We have Johan Bresky. We have... That's it. That's everybody. Okay. <laughs> so that those are, the, those are the folks that are doing $5 or more per month. And, you know, big shout out to everybody who's a patron. We've got, we're up to 13 now, which is the lucky number. And um, I'm I'm most appreciative for everybody who contributes to this show because again, you're helping to pay the benefit of endowed bills, not the not the house bills. Not yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. Like I'm hoping to get to a point where like this show makes enough that I could like take a week off of freelance work. You know, that would be really nice, you know, or like maybe I could have like those throwaway days and it wouldn't really hurt me, <laughs> you know, that would be uh, that would be amazing. But like um, LifeWire just uh, so a shout out to the folks at LifeWire. If you are looking for a tech news site like and a tech how to site specifically, go to LifeWire.com, not because I write for them, but, you know, because I write for them and not because they're an awesome site, but. You know, they're an awesome site, but the people at LifeWire are just amazingly, intimidatingly nice. Like, they are, are they so nice. I don't know. They're not. They're <laughs> New Yorkers, which is like really blows my mind. But like the folks there are just so incredibly nice <laughs> and so much of a joy to work with. Like it's it's seriously the best collection of humans on the planet. I think are all just drawn to LifeWire. And for some reason, they let me in, too. I don't know why. But like just everybody there is just so amazingly awesome. And like even when I argue with them, they're like, you know, um, yeah, so. Bless LifeWire. They have been awesome. And and yes. So um, hang on one second. I'm sorry. I'm, this is going to go on the cutting room floor, but my wife is going to have to leave soon to go pick up my daughter. Ah, And yes, I'm throwing my kids under the bus again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, man. I'm going to be giggling about that for a long time, Zach Palmer. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> But anyway, um, okay. So finally, let's let's talk about re- refraction AI. Um, 
little backstory here, which I get to in the interview. The interview is coming out this um, this coming week. Um, I've had a chance to listen to it. It is really good. You guys are going to like it. So um, Refraction AI is a company that I've been following since 2000. I want to say, you know, I want to say it was even earlier than 2019 because like 2019 is when I went to CES for Android Authority and they told me to find out about robots, which is just a... <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want to burn that bridge, but I, I believe <laughs> you know. it, not not to get not to uh, give away the the, the podcast or the or the interview, but I believe you said you got sent to cover robots by Android Authority, Android Authority. and they weren't androids. They're, they're not that kind <laughs> not of that Android. kind of Android. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so I, I was there to talk, find out about robotics. So, so we're just going to say 2019, whatever. Somehow, Refraction AI ended up on my radar, um, mostly because they're a robotics company that's based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which from Chicago is about a three-hour drive. So, I mean, it's like, it's not, it would not be a big deal for me to go there and like sit down and talk with them, which I believe is actually going to happen probably this that. summer. This is so, Henry Ford coming, Museum while you're there? Um, probably not, it's, <laughs> but I could. No, it's I a could. good museum. Um, I, I've actually been there. It was, it was nice. But anyway, yeah, Ann Arbor is nice. But coming, coming soon to a podcast near you. And actually, you know what? I should go down to the Museum of Science and Industry and just do a podcast about walking around that, that, that museum. And that way I could write it off and it'd be great. Anyway, so no. So uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan is the headquarters of this company, Refraction. They built a robot called Rev, which is a small um, delivery vehicle, which drives at about 15 miles per hour autonomously through the streets of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the, uh, the CEO that when I talked to him teased other places to come. So that'll be fun. Um, but anyway, so they are basically trying to revolutionize last mile delivery. So, and last mile delivery for those who are not familiar with like logistics is, you know, a big plane takes a whole bunch of crap to a distribution center. And then the last mile is the trucks that take all that stuff out the various directions to the, their ultimate destination. So like your Amazon driver is a last mile delivery basically. Um, and so like they want to do this with robotics and they've got, you know, they've got these, this, their model of, of robot is this called Rev, R-E-V, all capital letters, by the way. And, um, these things drive at about 15 miles an hour. They have, they're loaded with sensors and they can carry, I want to say they said about 15 pounds worth of stuff. And they originally set up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because that is the home of University of Michigan. And the two founders of the company are robotics professors at the University of Michigan. So they're based in Ann Arbor. And one of the things that really struck me about the company was they're setting up an autonomous delivery company in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is quite possibly the only place in the United States that has worse weather than Chicago. <laughs> because, like, if we get eight inches of snow, Ann Arbor gets a foot and a half. Like, because uh, because the clouds have had a chance to dump all their snow in Chicago, go over Lake Michigan, suck up that moisture, and then dump it once it gets back onto the other side. So, like, you know, their their robot will drive through snow, rain, sleet, slush, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't think this made it into the interview and I don't know why, but, um, the CEO is telling me like when the founders were first testing their robot, they would be riding a bike next to their robot in this horrible winter weather, like with, you know, sensors and laptops and stuff, trying, trying to cower over these things and like bundle up, you know, just to, just to, um, just to test these things out. So anyway, the cool part is their robots can drive through whatever, you know, Waymo set up shop in Phoenix where it rains <laughs> once every 16 years. And like, you know, other autonomous companies set up in, you know, San Francisco, which, okay, fine. I guess it gets a little foggy, but whatever. Um, like, but you know, you want a true test of whether a robot can deliver in all conditions Ann Arbor, Michigan is a pretty good place to test that out. One of the, th the, so the anyway. thing that got me was the fact that it because they said it's based on an electric uh, uh, bicycle, and so right, 
it, yeah. it only has to at least in Michigan, and I think it. But I think that's one of those um, because I think those those standards are done state by state for the most part. Um, but it's yeah. a lot easier for them to get regulatory approval state to state than it is for like a Waymo or um, heavier vehicles because, like you said, it only does fifteen miles an hour. I think that's its yeah, top and it can stop point. on a dime, and it can stop on a dime. I yeah. the thing I was because I listened to that interview, like I said, I was I was expecting something that was more electric bicycle-like, but it's actually a trike, which makes a lot more sense when it, when, because I'm coming to this because of the whole weather thing. You've got that load over the wheels and then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit wider. So, I mean, this is not something that people aren't going to see coming, but I, I I imagine even though it's not heavy, it's not exactly like bicycle weight. Um, Right. It's a, it's probably going to be a little bit heavier than that. But still, yeah, it's amazing that it can do that. (laughs) But and but the thing is, if it hits you, it's not going to kill yeah, exactly. you. Exactly. Um, and and you know, one of the things that you know he pointed out was like one of the big things that they're doing a little bit better than other delivery companies is they're lighter, they're more nimble, and they can stop on a dime. So they're like their sensor package. There's a little bit more room for error mm. there because if they do have an error, it's not going to kill anybody. Like you know, when you look at autonomous vehicles and even those those six wheeled robots that drive through like Seattle, I think mm. it is. You know, those things are kind of heavy, and so and they also have a very low profile, so they can be kind of hard to see as well. So like you know, the, this company, you know, Rev and and Refraction, I use the terms interchangeably, so I apologize for that. But um, you know, one of the things that they're doing right is is the fact that they're able to, you know, they can load up these sensor packages, which can, you know, have a margin for error, and it's not going to absolutely make or break the company. So, and um, and it's it's just it's a it was a really great conversation. The guy has a great sense of humor, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we were laughing as much as we were, you know, uh, talking during the interview, and it was really, it was really, did you get a chance to listen to the outtake that I, I put, did. put up on the I did, page but I you? listened to it before I listened to the interview, so I'm a little, Yeah, I don't remember exactly so what like, happened, other than it was like a technical error. Yeah, like halfway through our interview, um, I noticed that the uh, the battery mm. meter on the Zoom recorder right. was about to die, so I'm like, hey, if you don't mind, let's just pause, and he's like, yeah, you, you got a real first-class operation going on here. <laughs> And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. So uh, just just funny stuff. That was like one of the f- few times that I've actually edited an interview and I'm like, oh, I need to save that. Uh, <laughs> because like, you know, sometimes it's not as funny, but, you know, he's just such a good guy and such an agreeable guy. And like he, d- he didn't he wasn't all CEO'd up. He was like, you know, just one of mm-hmm. the guys. And it was, it was a really, really good interview. So I'm looking forward to talking to him again at some point. Um, but uh, all right. So we're. Crossing the eight o'clock uh, hour here, so um, I'm trying to think if there's, you know, I want to say that there was one other big story that happened this month, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. It was probably something that we covered, like on the podcast. We talked about what's that? It's it's all kind of washed out. Yeah, was, oh, did you get you got a laptop, didn't yes, you? I thought you might want to do a tell us about a little tech. Yeah, yeah. backend application API. Bugs, attachment, DevOps, backend, frameworks, backward, component, oriented, natural language, biz software, blue text editor, book margin, Boolean web server. Welcome to Tech Yeah! So I've been working from home for nearly a year. Uh, and same. So yeah, right. So, but but I I have a, a, a quote unquote portable workstation, and it's actually not too bad for a workstation laptop, but it's still yep. almost six pounds, and it's pretty big. And by the time you throw in the giant power brick, it's a good ten pounds in your lot in your in your um, bag. So one thing I've been thinking about doing because the where I live in in rural Virginia, um, the COVID outbreak is not as bad as like a New York or a Chicago, right? Um, things are a little more open. So I can go to like a socially distanced coffee shop. But to be fair, if one person dies, that's like 5% of the population. <laughs> anyway, so I just, I'm like, I want to get out of the, I want to get out of the house and still have a laptop that, um, 
that, that I can use that, that actually has a, a discrete GPU that so I like with Photoshop and the sort of the work that I do, stuff that really helps. Um, so this is a 14 inch laptop. It is an Asus Zephyrus G14. Not a real memorable name, but it's, oh, it's such a beast. It's actually more powerful in a lot of ways than my workstation. But, you know, that, that Ryzen 9 with uh, yeah crazy amounts of threading and and the, the RTX 2060, like it's, it's, a one terabyte SSD in it, like it's 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 a it's a workhorse, while still getting respectable battery life. Um, and I have that. Remember, uh, I think it was like actually it was I think it was on the last Doubting Thomas. I had that uh, 100 watt uh, GAN charger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll Pretty actually sure. charge off of USB C with that, even though it has a separate power brick if I want to. So now I have nice. this is nice because now I can game on it if I want to. I'm actually doing the. Uh, um, Oh, what is it? Microsoft's um, subscription for like I think it's Xbox. I don't remember what it's called, but anyway. So this yeah, is yeah, I know, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. we're so, we're big gamers here. Oh yeah, tell. real big gamers. But it, it's <laughs> nice because I think it, yeah. the, the deal was like one dollar for one month, then three free months, and then you start paying the nine ninety nine a month or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, this is this is great video here. But I look, I mean, you see how fast it boots. <laughs> it's just because just. Having a fast processor, and then it's got yeah. the uh, uh, on the video here. You can see that it's got the the whole the the touch. What is it? The uh, fingerprint unlock. So it just oh, automatically nice. okay. comes up and with Windows Hello, all that, all those kind of things. And it's nice. just yeah. I will say the one nice. thing I would say about gaming laptops in general is if you're used to like a, a great keyboard. Not that this has a bad keyboard, but it's got that weird gaming asus font on the on the uh, oh, yeah, keys yeah. And, and, yeah. and then it's and then they're white keys with white backlighting okay <laughs> so between the yeah. bad font the white backlighting and the white keys i'm just like doing this <laughs> trying to read what letters are on it sometimes but yeah it's That's really funny. nice for me able to, to, to get out of the house have a, a powerful laptop and um not have to haul around that beast that the thing is i've got like a thunderbolt dock hooked up to what i'm using right now my, my workstation all that stuff mm -hmm. and it's just it's really hard to unhook everything to take it with me oh yeah yeah totally totally so uh by the way we launched uh beyond a doubt this week this month i saw that yeah so you mentioned that with so yeah that that was the other big story i think can, I was thinking can you say was, his name like he does uh, jaime rivera <laughs> i gotta really go to roll the tongue yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay at it. But yeah, he's my scotch daddy. Uh, um, yeah, he is. But, uh, but yeah, so no, I think Beyond a Doubt is going to be fun. It's going to be kind of like this, you know, kind of like where mm -hmm. you and I just, you know, t uh, sit here and talk. But I also want to, where possible, and I know this isn't going to be possible for every guest, but I want to build in some kind of theme to it. So, like, um, next month I'm talking to Anna Bongetta from Board at Work, and we have a theme. Um, Headphones so on a wall? Cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although, I mean, that would actually be not. You guys both have the, that? The month after that, we're going to be talking to Bender, Mike Hahn, who was on uh, Doubting Thomas in November. Um, and we've got a theme for that one. And then Hair after that, I I'm sorry? Hair No, opposites. no, no. Yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. We have a, we have like an activity like that we're going to be doing while we talk. So I think it's going to be cool. Um, and then like at, beyond that, once again, I, I have no idea, um, you know, who That's or what. Idea. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, fun. It's going to be really with cool. With Mike, you guys should try to build a Lego set at the same time while you interview him and he gets interviewed. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped the shark. No. Spoiler alert. There you go. Uh, no, because, yeah, well, because obviously, you know, Bender does has his Lego channel. Mm -hmm. And so um, and, and I think he's actually going to take that and spin it off into like an own his own series of like interviews where he builds Legos with people. So um, because I, I I pitched that idea to him, like, you know, back when he was first talking about launching that channel, I'm like, you know, it'd be cool. And he's like, yeah, I like that. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do it first because you're dragging your ass. So <laughs> so now I'm going to do it. And. And then he's going to take the, it. And the, the best version of this is is where you also take shots. Uh, I'm a big Top Gear <laughs> fan, and they the the founders of Top Gear um, 
also have their own YouTube content now that uh, they're not doing the show all the time, which in this case it was uh, James May and uh, Hamster. Gosh, what is his name? Anyway, have, but they have were you seen the escapists. Yes. So it's him. It's um, Richard Hammond. So James yeah, May okay. and Richard Hammond together on their YouTube, which is Drive Tribe, I believe. I believe that's the YouTube co- uh, channel. But they were building the same Lego set while taking shots. And I, I think they were getting quizzed on some kind of knowledge at the oh same my. time. <laughs> oh, my. That's so maybe you guys can lot. blend that into your, your interview. That'll be great. I don't think. See, now, actually, when uh, when we ta- when I originally, originally slated to talk to Jaime, it was going to be a Scotch-themed episode. Scotch, like, Scotch, Scotch. I, had, I had a bottle I was going to drink. He had a bottle he was going to drink. And we were just going to go for an hour and drink a Scotch while we talked. <laughs> but the problem is he had to reschedule uh, to a point, like, before I had to drive children. And I can't drink Scotch right before I drive children. So I had I had Tuesday covered, but he had to reschedule to Thursday, and I didn't have Thursday covered. So anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, we're, I'm hoping that there will be a theme. Most of the time, there will be. Sometimes there probably won't be. I imagine there's probably going to be at least one Beat Saber in episode in there somewhere if I can figure out how to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, it's going to be fun and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time that we go ahead and wrap things up for the Doubting Thomas monthly recap for February of 2021. I want to thank everybody for listening and for joining us live. The patrons that joined us live, I very much appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening at home, I appreciate you as well. I want to thank you for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt.